Pride Month officially kicked off yesterday, and you know what that means. It means that every politician, every government organization, every non-government organization, every celebrity influencer, every social media influencer has to tweet about it, has to post about it, has to let you know how much they support the LGBTQIA2S plus minus divided sign movement and people. I think it's safe to say that the majority of Americans are already sick of it and the pushback is very real and it's very encouraging. Let's talk about it today. Hi, I'm Julia Barrett, and you're listening to the Women's Planning Podcast. I'm also the founder of Conservative Ladies of America, which started as Conservative Ladies of Washington in my home state of Washington. We are an organization of like-minded ladies and gentlemen who are fighting to protect the values that we hold most dear as Americans. We are working very hard to encourage, empower, and equip average ordinary citizens to stand up, speak up, and to take real action that can create change in your community, in your state, and in our country at large. You can learn more about our organization and how you can join us and get involved by visiting our website, conservativeladiesofamerica.com. If you happen to be in the state of Washington, please check out conservativeladiesofwa.com. That's conservative ladies of W-A. Well, it's Pride Month and people are definitely a little bit on edge, I've noticed. I sent out an email last night with a blog post that I had written yesterday and the title of my, the subject line of my email was, it's Pride Month, hibernation is over. And I got a handful of replies to my email that were like, take me off your email list. I don't want to hear about pride. Don't send me these emails about pride. This is disgusting. And I had to respond because I thought they probably didn't read the content in the email. And as it turned out, each one of them, I sent them a nice reply and asked if they had actually read the email and each one of them had not. And after reading it, they had appreciated what I had to say. But it definitely alerted me that people are very fed up with the pride stuff being pushed in their faces. And I concur. I totally get it. We have gone just above and beyond. I mean, this is just like being shoved down our throats day in and day out. And it's not just a pride month, right? Like it is now happening all year long, every day, we see it all the time. And so June, it's just like pride on steroids. And it is nauseating. And I think the good thing is, this has been pushed, this agenda has been pushed so hard. And it has become so in your face that no one can ignore it anymore. And you have to wake up. And so that's why I wrote this piece called hibernation is over. So wake up sleepers, it is time for the mama bears and the papa bears to rise up and protect the children because ultimately this is an agenda designed to target our children. And I fully believe this is a communist Marxist agenda. I don't think this has anything to do with supporting groups of people. If you look at groups like Gays Against Groomers, um, and there have been several other groups like them that have sprouted 
in recent months since Gays Against Groomers came on the scene. But you have people in the gay community who completely oppose this agenda. Once they started targeting the children, the gay community at large wants nothing to do with this alphabet communist agenda that is targeting the kids. And so I think um, it is encouraging to see them uh, engaging in this way because I think their voice is so important and it lends credibility to people on the hard left that, you know, if someone like me, a white Christian conservative lady comes out and says, you know, hands off our kids, children cannot consent. I'm not taken seriously because I'm just a, you know, extreme right wing conservative Christian white lady. But if you have somebody who is, you know, a gay or lesbian person who comes out against this, it lands differently and they can't really brush them aside like they can with someone like myself. So it's such an important uh, voice that is that is coming in to to fight back against this movement. Well, yesterday morning, my a quick scroll through my Twitter and everybody and their brother was wishing people a happy pride. You had the bus services, the cities, the counties, the Depart- U.S. Department of Education, the Washington State Fishing and Wildlife. Nobody missed this opportunity to let the public know that they're part of the communist agenda, that they are buying in, that they're doing what they're supposed to do, that they are saying the line. And it's really disgusting because why does the Department of Fish and Wildlife need a pride logo for Pride Month? Why do they need to make a statement about happy pride and we stand with our LGBTQ allies? You're the Department of Fish and Wildlife. I guarantee the fish and the wildlife don't even care about pride. Uh, So it's really just nauseating and has been pushed too far, kind of with like the with what we saw with COVID when the classroom came into the the family home and parents were able to see what was going on in the classroom. You know, they had overplayed their hand and that's exactly what has happened here with this um, alphabet agenda. And people are pushing back really hard. I was really encouraged to see on social media when these accounts are posting this happy pride stuff people are really pushing back today there was the north american little league or i forget exactly what it's called but they had posted something about pride and being inclusive well why is little league that deals with children promoting sexual ideology to children and were you not inclusive before are you just now starting to be inclusive you haven't been inclusive before and to, you know, this whole idea that there are trans kids is is really ridiculous. And it is stuff that these adults, these groomers are putting into the impressionable, impressionable minds of our children. Several uh, different brands actually changed their logos back from the Pride logos they had yesterday back to a regular logo. I know I saw... Um, Major League Baseball did that. And there were a couple of other ones that have been circulating. I think maybe the U.S. Navy uh, did that. But they're getting so much pushback from just average people who don't care, who don't want to see pride, who don't want to think about sexuality of other people. They're getting so much pushback that they're, they're responding to it. And I think that's a very good thing. And we should be encouraged by that. 
And we should double down. We should keep doing it. We should be relentless. We cannot give up. We cannot lighten up because as soon as you do that, they're going to they're gonna push on. They want you to back off. And so we definitely have to keep on this. It's not going to go away anytime soon. The other thing that we have going on is people deciding not to support brands that don't support their values. And a lot of brands, as you know, like every brand seems to be buying into the Pride Month, including Chick-fil-A, which is really unfortunate. But a lot of people are saying, I'm not going to shop at Target anymore. I'm not going to go to Kohl's anymore. I'm not going to buy my craft stuff at Michael's anymore. I'll go to Hobby Lobby instead. I get that it's really uncomfortable. It's hard to, you know, if Target, if you're used to going to Target on a weekly basis to do your Target haul, you have to figure out where are you going to go to get all your cute little stuff, little trinkets and stuff that you get at Target and all your clothes. And, you know, it's fun. Target is fun, right? Um, And so giving that up is kind of like breaking a bad habit. But it is very important. And I think it is going to get more difficult. And people are going to have to get uncomfortable and take the extra time and be willing to do the extra work to seek out uh, companies and brands that are in more alignment with their values and that aren't caving to this communist agenda and caving to, you know, this ESG score and rating, like most of these corporations will ultimately have to do. They can't not do it. It's tied to their funding. And so they are kind of like damned if they do and damned if they don't. One of the things my friend Tyler brought up on Twitter the other day is how many people will be unwilling to be uncomfortable, to have to go the extra mile to seek out these other options for purchasing goods and services. It's a lot of people. A lot of people will not do it. You know, if you think back to COVID and with the vaccine, a lot of people caved and got the vaccine because they didn't want to pay the price of not getting the vaccine, which would have made them uncomfortable in certain situations. You know, there were in Washington state, there were times where you couldn't go to certain places. If you didn't have papers to show, you couldn't go to restaurants in King County. You can go to sporting events or concerts. And, uh, you know, we had the travel. You couldn't travel to a lot of places. You couldn't travel beyond the United States. And so people got the jab because they wanted to be able to do those things. I personally did not. I'm stubborn like that. And I will double down and say, oh, hell no. I'll go, you know, sit in my house and read a book and do nothing before I will take your jab just so I can do things. You're not going to bribe me like that or coerce me or force me into doing something that I don't want to do. But a lot of people did. And if you did, you know, no judgment here. But it really is a good example of our human nature to want to be able to be comfortable and want to continue to keep going with this, the status quo that we're, that we're accustomed to and that we're comfortable with. And so I think we're going to also see that play out in the coming years with, you know, things like, are we willing to give up things that are comfortable for us, like shopping at Target? Are we willing to go out of our way? Are we willing to maybe bank somewhere else because the bank that we're with is is super woke. And that's one of the things I've been noticing on social media as well is like the banks. And, you know, if you follow anything about ESG, which I highly recommend uh, you follow James Lindsay, 
He does a really great job of breaking down the ESG, the communist Marxist agenda. He does great podcasts that are like 15 minutes long, uh, kind of bullet points about a specific issue on that topic. And it's it's really educational. I'll drop a link to his uh, podcast in the show description so that you can go and, and follow him. It's great to have this kind of information. But what we're seeing is that the banking institutions are really uh, at the core of this. And today on Facebook, I, I follow our church's um, Pastor Emeritus, uh, Cedar Park Church in Bothell. The Pastor Emeritus is Pastor Joe Featon. And he posted on his Facebook page this morning, he said, today people are making shopping decisions based on the expressed moral values of the company. The day is coming, according to the Bible, when they will not let you buy or sell unless you show compliance with the system by taking the mark of the beast. It makes you realize how where we are in this moment in the timeline of humanity. And I know a lot of people kind of tossed around is the, you know, is the jab, the COVID jab, is it the mark of the beast? And um, I think Pastor Joe actually came out during that time when that was getting thrown around and said, no, I don't, I don't think this is it. Uh, And I, I agree with that. I don't think that the jab is the mark of the beast, but I think it is a perfect example of we are going to get to a time when your boycott of a business, um, you're choosing not to do business with brands, you're choosing not to comply, is going to cost you. You will not be able to do business in this society, in this, you know, this whole world economic forum kind of, you know, global society that the communists are working so hard for us to have. So it's it's interesting. Um, it's definitely uncomfortable. I think the pushback is working and I hope that people will continue to do it. I just want to also forewarn you that it, it will get more uncomfortable and we know that because it says that in the Bible. Now, I also want to talk about President Joe Biden yesterday and his proclamation about Pride Month. And what he says in his proclamation is really concerning. And I know that a lot of just average people hate this kind of confrontation and conflict with people on the other side who have really drunk the Kool-Aid on the trans agenda and really buy into the fact that we should be affirming this gender questioning in young children and that we should be mutilating bodies or postponing, and I use that in air quotes, postponing puberty, using puberty blockers and, and hormones for these children. I know it's a it's a very uncomfortable debate because the other side, their gut reaction is to go to name calling because they think if they can call you names and make you uncomfortable and make you afraid, it will shut you up. And so I'm just going to read you a portion of what he said yesterday. Today, our nation faces another inflection point. In 2023 alone, state and local legislatures have already introduced over 600 hateful laws targeting the LGBTQI plus community. Books about LGBTQI plus people are being banned from libraries. And I want to pause right there because the books aren't being banned, but what concerned parents, citizens are doing is putting parameters around 
age-appropriate materials for children. It's similar to the movies, right? You don't send your five-year-old to a rated R movie because that kind of content is not appropriate for your five-year-old. That's the same thing that's going on with the books. They are not banned. You can get them. They're just not available to different age groups. And so it continues. Transgender youth in over a dozen states have had their medically necessary health care banned. Homophobic and transphobic vitriol spewed online has spilled over into real life as armed hate groups intimidate people at pride marches and drag performances and threaten doctors' offices and children's hospitals that offer care to the LGBTQI community. Our hearts are heavy with grief for the loved ones we have lost to anti-LGBTQI violence. Now, I just want to say there is no proof of LGBTQI plus violence. That doesn't happen. That is complete gaslighting. It is actually quite the opposite. I call it Trantifa. They are extremely violent. Uh, we held a protest in Washington at the Capitol in Olympia in April to protest Senate Bill 5599, which would allow minor children to receive quote, gender-affirming care without even notifying parents. And the Trantifa came out, and they were extremely violent. They were extremely aggressive. And we were just there doing our own thing. Uh, That's kind of my only up-close and personal experience with them. But you see it all the time online. Take, for example, Billboard Chris, Chris Elston, who goes around to college campuses and in hospitals and communities wearing just a billboard, um, a sandwich sign, And he gets uh, attacked, violently attacked all of the time. And police, police don't even help him. Uh, And sometimes they, they help the other side. So this is complete gaslighting. They want to make people think this is happening and it's not happening. It's quite the opposite, actually. So his statement continues. Despite these attacks, the LGBTQI plus community remains resilient LGBTQI plus Americans are defiantly and unapologetically proud. Youth leaders are organizing walkouts at high schools and colleges across the country to protest discriminatory laws. LGBTQI plus young people and their parents are demonstrating unimaginable courage by testifying in state capitals in defense of their basic rights. They are not alone. My entire administration stands proudly with the LGBTQI plus community in the enduring struggle for freedom, justice, and equality. And we are making strides. On my first day in office, I signed a historic executive order charging the entire federal government with protecting LGBTQI plus people from discrimination, from healthcare to housing, education, employment, banking, and the criminal justice system. So I have to wonder here, why has he left off the, doesn't it go LGBTQIA? 2s plus so why is he left off the a which is asexual i don't know what that means and the 2s which is two spirit why has he left that off that seems discriminating to me i'm just saying and then he ends it with deciding who to marry is one of life's most profound decisions so we etched a simple truth into law love is love referring to the respect for marriage act and so you know they package this up into like pretty rainbows and very colorful pictures and and advertising and marketing that is directed to children and to to kind of make people feel good. And, And of course, you know, Pride Month is about love. 
Well, if you are a Bible-believing Christian or if you just know anything about pride, pride is not about love. Pride is actually quite sinful. Being humble is about love. Being humble is is how you accept and give love to other people. And so this whole notion that pride, you know, being proud of your sexuality is just, I mean, it is as evil as it gets. And uh, definitely the entire agenda here all along for all of the decades, it was never about marrying who they want to marry. There was an agenda here by the, the forces behind all of this to eventually get to the place that we are at now. And so I want to encourage you as we go through the month of June to push back against this. When you see it happening, comment and push back against it. I also want to encourage you to do something that makes you feel like you're pushing back in a positive way. So for instance, for me on my Facebook page, I'm posting a picture of my husband and me every day this month. It's also our anniversary month. On June 29th, we will be married for four years. But that's a way for me to celebrate love and to be positive about love and be positive in the way that I'm pushing back. So it's not a confrontational way. But I think we it's so important that we celebrate God's design for marriage and God's design for the family. And that is strong, powerful marriages that are based and rooted in, you know, the Christian belief and and your foundation of God. And so that's what I'm doing. And, you know, I just encourage you to find ways that you can push back in love that isn't confrontational, but it does also send the point and it maybe wakes people up and makes people think about what they can do in their own lives to, to push back against it in, in a loving way. And so I'm going to leave it there. I questioned whether or not to do an episode on pride, but I think it's really important that we do talk about this, that we don't hide from it, even though it's nauseating and it makes us really angry. I think we need to see it for what it is, talk about it, push back against it. And that is the way that we defeat this. And we can defeat this. As I always say, light always wins. And we are going to win this war. And we must do this to protect our children. So I hope you have a fabulous weekend. I would love it if you would like and subscribe and share the podcast. And I will talk to you again next time. 